Welcome to the Trojan Tailgate Podcast Network. I am proud to introduce to you today your home for honest sports analysis that you won't hear anywhere else. All from a group of friends that met at Troy University. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And here's your host, Hampton Sipper. Welcome in to another edition of the Trojan Tailgate Network's NFL Recap Show. I am joined by my good friends, as always, correspondent at large, Graham Haney, the great value Nick Wright, Kyle Edwards, (laughs) uh, the Reddit extraordinaire, Chase Haney, and as always, Woj Suave. How's it going tonight, gentlemen? You know, I would say I was doing really well, but after you hit me with that nickname, first of all, I'm the last <laughs> one to get a nickname, and then you just give me one that bad, you know. I guess, oh, man, you what can, a hey, start. On, on the positive yeah. side, though, you kind of look like him. Oh, my <laughs> God. Man. It's an uncanny resemblance. I mean, the <laughs> man's got a nose on him, but goodness. <laughs> I guess that's what I get for not being here last week. Fair enough, bro. We missed you. Yeah, yeah there's your penance. Good to be back, though. We did. Time. Graham, how's everything yeah, over yeah. At, uh, in the Troy world of things? You know, Troy, Alabama's popping as usual. You know, uh, new business, uh, new opportunities every single day in Troy, Alabama. It, it keeps getting better. Uh, every day I wake up just in a new place. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's rocking. I'm sure Waco's about the same. Um, Hampton, tell us a little about Enterprise. What's happening? What's popping, bro? Well, you know, we are called the city of progress. So, um, like you said, new uh, opportunities each day. But uh, on the on the real, it's really good. Um, I drive by that Bull Weevil Monument every day, and that gives me <laughs> enough inspiration to stay alive and keep going. So, um, yeah, it's all good. Suave, how's it with you? Man, it's been great. Just grinding out in grad school. Oh, yes, sir. And uh, ready to get y'all caught up on some big news in the NFL world and some fantasy football insider. That is what I like to hear. Well, we're going to get straight to it. Again, the NFL has disappointed me. We have had three weeks of uh, lack of marquee games, in my opinion. We hadn't had any really good games in the NFL for the past three weeks, so we're just going to hit on a few and then kind of go into more division talk. We've I've heard back from a couple people that they've really, really liked the uh, division discussion, so we're going to keep that going for this week. Uh, the big game uh, of the week on – on Fox at 325 Central Time, the Green Bay Packers traveled down to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. Packers jumped out to a 10 nothing lead, and I thought that they had it in the bag. Then Aaron Rodgers threw a pick six. Then he threw another pick that really wasn't his fault, and it was all downhill from there, and the Buccaneers came out on top 38-10. to 10. So really quickly, before we dive into uh, the division breakdown of the NFC South, Kyle, what would you make of this game? What, in, what impressed you about the Buccaneers' performance? Was it their offense or the way that their defense shut down the Green Bay attack? 
You know, I was very much so looking forward to this game. Like you said, we've had a lack of marquee games, so to speak. And then we finally get one, and it was just a complete dud. Um, I'm on the Aaron Rodgers train. I thought this was going to be a blowout. I, I, know I won't say a blowout. I thought Green Bay would win easily. Um, and shoot, in the beginning, it looked like that was going to happen. 10-0 off rip. And I'm sitting here like, man, it's over. It's a wrap. And then two pick sixes, and it just looked like Green Bay quit after that. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that, oh, the Buccaneers just lit up the Packers. Because, I mean, Brady, I mean, he. I'm not going to say Brady was bad, but – I mean, he only threw for, what, what 160 yards or something like that? Um, I mean, mm-hmm. he made some nice throws, but at the same time, he didn't just light you up. But, I mean, that's the that's the danger of the Buccaneers' offense. Like, they got weapons everywhere. Uh, Rojo had a nice game. Um, but it really was the defense. Them two pick sixes, or theoretically two pick sixes, really turned the game mm-hmm. over, and Green Bay could never recover mentally or in the game. I felt like, I felt like they just quit, honestly. I felt like it was just over. Um, but I'm not going to overreact to this game. Packers are going to be fine. Um, I hope they meet again, honestly. We'll see. Yeah, I, I agree with that take. Graham, what what you think, man? What was your uh, take on the game really quick? Well, during the offseason, Jameis Winston signed a deal with the Saints. <laughs> but, man, did he sure look like he was playing for the Packers on Sunday. <laughs> oh, there. I, I'm just like Kyle. I'm on the Aaron Rodgers train. I love A Rod. He's a great quarterback, but he just didn't look like himself Sunday. Um, like like Kyle said, I'm not gonna make a big deal out of it. But the the Packers just they really struggled, you know, through the whole game. Um, before Sunday, Aaron Rodgers had thrown for 13 touchdowns and zero interceptions, which is a really good stat for uh, you know the five or six weeks that have been played, and then this week against the Buccaneers, he throws his first two interceptions, and they were very big in the game. Uh, one of them gave the Buccaneers seven points, and the other uh, eventually put the Buccaneers ahead and uh, kind of sealed the game for the Buccaneers. And he only threw for 160 yards, which was very concerning for uh, the Packers team that really just couldn't ever turn it on. You know, even at the end, they couldn't even t- they couldn't really turn it on and score points. I mean, you look at it that the all, the whole offense struggled. Aaron Jones had uh, 10 rushes for only 15 yards and a touchdown, um, and he caught three balls out of the backfield for 26 yards. So um, Devontae Adams was back, but that didn't really make much of a difference in the game. I, I think that um, Aaron Rodgers – the story of this game is going to be how bad the Packers played and how, how bad Aaron Rodgers played. To me, not as much as how well the Buccaneers played. I think that um, – yeah, if you take away 14 points, then it's a 24 to 10 football game, and that that's a whole lot closer of a stat line. And maybe you know, Green Bay does something, but um, I agree with Kyle too. The the Packers just looked like they quit. You know, about halfway through the game, that they they got down early, and it was you know it was like game over after that. Chase, do you give credit to the, the Buccaneers? Is it was it a great performance by the Buccaneers or a bad Packers performance, or maybe some of both? Man, I think that at the beginning of this year, everyone was trying to figure out, like, the Bucks team, just because of how much of their identity was not only changed, but I think, you know, we're, we're a couple weeks into the season now, fellas, and I would say that their offense and defense has began to just, like, evolve. And it's been evolving. And, and, mm-hmm. and I'll say something about their defense that has really impressed me. Um, 
I saw this stat that says that the Bill, I mean, I'm sorry, that the Bucks have uh, blitzed the second most this year. And and I think that one thing that you can always, it seems to be a correlation. If you can, if you can rush the passer, and you've got good enough corners to cover the wide receivers, like you're 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 not leaving them very many options of the way that they, that they can uh, beat you. And I think that with someone like Brady, they controlled the game, and how they did that is they handed it to Rojo. And he controlled the game. Um, I think that that one thing Brady brings to the table is they find what works, and he's humble enough to let it work, let it do its job. But I'm I'm with Kyle on this. I don't overreact to this. I I, I think that I actually watched the interview today with Aaron Rodgers, and it was almost just kind of like a, hey, we've been here, we've done that. And he talked about the one pick six. Get this, fellas. This guy has only thrown three pick mm-hmm. sixes in his NFL career. Like, obviously not something that's going to happen next week or the week after that. So I don't overreact to this. I see that there was a couple of picks in a, t- in a, in a game that, 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 you know, you want to win. But I, I do think this might be one of those games that you look back and you give you give the Bucks all the credit in the world. Um, you get some really good film on what they want to do with the ball and how you can improve as the Packers because – I think one thing that Aaron Rodgers was saying is that there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of young faces that have never been in a successful position like this. And sometimes it kind of helps to get beat. And uh, I, I think I agree with him. So mm-hmm. I want to ask Suave. Suave, do you, when you look at this Bucks team, like how impressive is it to you that they have some of the best talent out at wide receiver? And, and if you want to throw Gronk in that conversation, but they're still able to run the ball, and they need to run the ball. Like, how do you how do you feel about this Bucks team going forward? They can kind of pick how they want to beat you and go forward with it. That's a great question, Chase. Uh, I want to um, just say that the Bucks all around is such a great team. You mentioned all their weapons. You have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Brady's found his sort of Julian Edelman and Scotty Miller like you had in New England. And the running backs, you look at Ronald Jones Jr., they have Shady McCoy. Uh, if Le- if Leonard Fournette wasn't out for that game, he would have played. But I want to give a shout-out to the defense. Mm. This defense between Devin White and Levante David had three sacks, but a total of 18 tackles, and they had 13 quarterback hits on the day as a total defense. And it, almost every time I looked up, it looked like, Nadam Kinsu and Aaron Rodgers were jawing with each other. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was a mind <laughs> game by Nadam Kinsu or Aaron Rodgers, but could that be to his lack of focus on trying them, like to try to get them back in the game? Because there's almost like a face mask call right before halftime that was not called, and he wanted it called. And I don't know if that led to them just not being focused or whatever the downfall was, but. I just think this is a fluke for the Packers. I think they're going to get back on track, as y'all have already mentioned, the stats of, I mean, three pick sixes his whole career is not something that's going to happen every game. Uh, It is a wake-up call, though, because you go up 10-0, you're supposed to hold on and win the game, not not allow a team to score 38 unanswered points. Uh, What's your thoughts on it, uh, Swab, do you mind if I you mind if I ask Hampton a question? I, I think I, I got a good little segment, a good little softball for Hampton. Um, Tee it I, I up, think baby. We've kind of expressed, like we we 
man, and you're you're free to disagree on whether you think that, like this was an accurate representation of Pac- how the Packers are going to play the rest of the year. But this this is what I want to ask you: is let's say that these teams somehow meet up later on in the season. How does it mm-hmm. end up? Do the Packers win that game or the Bucks win that game? I think the Packers win it, and the reason is. As I think Graham said, Devontae Adams came back. He didn't look 100% right, uh, looked a little out of sync. They got their other receiver back, Alan Lazard, um, who hadn't played in a couple weeks. So he wasn't in the rhythm of the offense. Then Robert Tanyan got hurt, who is a big target for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, St. Brown is another receiver, young receiver, who was hurt all of last year. He came back, and they just kind of looked – they looked like they did against the 49ers last year. Like, they didn't have an answer, and their offensive line, I think, was kind of overwhelmed by the Bucks defense, which uh, y'all have all belabored and put put the nail on the head about how great their defense has played and uh, the, you know – two stud outside or inside linebackers with Devin White, Levante David. But if I had to go for the postseason, I would definitely take the Packers. I think I trust Rogers um, ability to make, you know, to make plays. And I think they'll figure some things out, especially I think they need to stick with the running game a little bit more. I thought they kind of started pressing after Rogers threw those picks. I believe he, after he threw one, they went three straight dropbacks didn't run the ball one time, and uh, I think when you do that, you kind of get stuck in a rut and you get predictable, and that allows the defense to kind of attack you, which, um, as you said, Chase, they're the second highest blitz uh, blitzing team in the league, so I think they definitely took advantage of that, but I would have to go with the, I would have to go with the Packers. I think they've looked more impressive all year, and one key stat of the game, the Bucks had zero yes, penalties. Yes, forgot about that. This is one of the most undisciplined teams in the league. Do I think that's going to happen to them again where they have zero penalties? No, I do not. Um, but, I, you know, to kind of segue into the NFC uh, South discussion, we all on this podcast kind of agree that we believe the Bucks are going to win this division uh, due to their defense and due to Tom Brady uh, doing just enough on offense, being efficient, not turn the ball over, um, and I think they're going to win the di- – we think they're going to win the division. Uh, we probably believe the Saints are going to be second, even though, um, as two of my friends, Dalton and Tanner, pointed out to me, there was an athletic article that came out about Michael Thomas, and, you know, he got suspended from that Monday night game for getting in a fight with his teammate. Quote, unquote. Apparently, there's been <laughs> – quote, quote – Apparently, there's more. There have been more issues with Michael Thomas, such as uh, disagreeing with coaches, being late to meetings, mm. um, having a lot of bad attitudes, and so something about that team doesn't sit right with me. Even not only what I've read off the field, but just watching them um, perform, I' not very impressed with them. But if you listen to this podcast for any amount of time, you know how um, our correspondent, Large Graham Haney, feels about the Atlanta Falcons and Dan Quinn. And we didn't get to touch on it last week, but Dan Quinn got fired. Thomas Dimitrov, general manager of the Falcons, got fired. Uh, <laughs> see ya. Clean and out, what happens? Yeah, and what happens? <laughs> uh, they go to Minnesota and they win 40-15. to 15. 
Um, so, I mean, impressive win. I mean, well, impressive for them, I guess. I mean, the Vikings aren't uh, that great of a football team, in my opinion. But um, our own insider, Wode Swab, said that he saw some reports today of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones potentially being shot before the trade deadline. So my question, Graham, what is the Falcons' play here? Do they keep competing in games to, for, like, meaningless victories, or do they hit the reset button, trade Matt Ryan, trade Julio Jones, and kind of start over and look forward to next year? Tell me, tell me what they should do. Well, to me, the biggest problem – that the Falcons have had over the past you know, five games to start the season, uh, as well as last year. To me, the, the, the biggest problem was coaching. I, I think that that was uh, clear that, you know, the Falcons didn't have very good coaching. They were, you know, mm-hmm. getting leads in games, and then what do they do? It's like they don't know how to play football anymore. I think part of that has to be uh, on, on the coaching staff, Um I think that Dan Quinn uh, ha- had a few decent years in Atlanta, and, and then it kind of showed that he just wasn't the guy for the time. Um, mm-hmm. And so they they fire him and uh, Thomas Dimitrov, the general manager, and then they turn the head coaching job over in the interim basis to Raheem Morris. Um, and what do they do? Uh, Raheem Morris really starts digging into the players and telling them that we need to play better. And so – uh, I saw some articles uh, of players talking about the uh, difference in the intensity that they had in practice. Um, I, I think that, that Raheem Morris actually made a difference in the game because uh, those who keep up with the Falcons at all know that Thursday they were not able to practice because of uh, COVID precautions. Um, and so they didn't practice on Thursday. And then they go and play Sunday. And, you know, the Vikings aren't that great of a football team. But really the Falcons dominated the entire game. I mean, from start mm-hmm. to finish, the Falcons were in control. It, it looked like a Falcons team that really just uh, was intense on the field. But I could actually see progression from uh, the the loss to the Panthers and then this week where, man, this team actually looks pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. To me, the, big, the biggest thing for the Falcons is hiring a good head coach. I'm not a – I'm not the biggest Matt Ryan supporter – but I don't really hate the guy. He he's, he does fine for the most part. Y'all, I'm sure some of y'all disagree. But I, I don't think that trading <laughs> away the big pieces for Atlanta is the big problem. I think that hiring the right guy in the front office to make uh, good drafting decisions, uh, good free agency signings, especially with the uh, the small amount of cat room that the Falcons have left because of the big contracts they've signed. Um, but the biggest thing yeah. looking forward is hiring the right coach. I think that that can make or break the Falcons – uh, in the next you know couple of years, they have the pieces uh, on at least offensively to be a um, NFC South competitor at, at least, maybe even uh, competing for the NFC Championship game. They need to add a few pieces on defense, but the defense looked better this week. Um, Kyle, do you think that the Falcons just should get rid of everybody and start fresh, really clean slate, or do you think this team is salvageable at all? See, okay, I actually really agree with you. I don't think they should just trade everybody because here's my thing. If you just trade everybody and tank and say you're lucky enough to get Trevor, um, then then it's Trevor's going to take a year or two to get into the system. Julio gets older. I'm thinking right now, even though Matt Ryan's not young, 
I mean, he's still a decent quarterback, and you got a great receiver in Julio, one of the best in the game. You got a good young receiver in Ridley. Uh, Gurley's looked a lot better this year. I don't think you blow it up and take and just take three to four years to to reboot when you when you got a good enough roster to compete now. I mean, I always think it's kind of funny. Like, what was what is Dan Quinn thinking sitting on his couch Sunday watching his team just ab or his old team really. absolutely <laughs> destroy the Vikings? Maybe it was like when it's like when Jeff Fisher was at the Rams and then he got canned and Sean McVay comes in and turns Jared Goff into into Peyton Manning. Um, I always think that's kind of funny what they yeah. think, but I think you're right. I think get a good head coach. I think they got enough pieces to compete. I don't think they can win it, but I also don't think that they're in a dire. Let's just blow it up and turn it around. I mean, you got a once in a generation receiver. You got another great young receiver coming up. Matt Ryan's got a few more years in him. I think you get another coach. You come in and you try to salvage this thing. I agree. I agree. Chase, what do you think? Like fair enough, but fellas, I I, I, I just want to propose something to you because. Like, like I hear what you're saying, but but I gotta Give it look to back him. at what Jacksonville did. This like, if there's a market for Nick Foles out there and how bad his contract was, and that he was like literally sitting mm-hmm. on the bench almost behind Gardner Minshew, like this weird tension. I I just gotta maybe it's just me like hoping that there's someone out there who's willing to take on his Matt Ryan's massive contract. But like the thing is, I almost want to think about it in basketball terms of somebody is willing to uh, maybe maybe go out there and say, hey, look, we'll take Matt Ryan from you if you give us some picks like later on down the line. And, and I think, man, I feel like if, if, if the Falcons will free mm-hmm. up some, some cap space, because I feel like Matt Ryan is swamping yeah. that team with mediocre talent. Um, yeah. And, and like, like, I, I want to – before I go further, I want to say what you guys have said I, I think would work. But what I want to propose, just a new perspective, is that if you were to continue to – I hate to say lose, but right now you're, you're sitting within like the top five picks right now. Like you winning this Sunday made it where you didn't have the number one overall, but like you could totally get a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Fields and like, hey, baby, let, let's ride. Um, so I uh-huh. think you could take care of quarterback with – it's crazy that you could do it for less money. But, uh, yeah – I'm kind of torn on Julio, man, because he's just a generational talent. But I think if you're starting over at the GM position, you're starting over at the head coaching position, man, if it's me, I'm saying I'll take whatever scraps you want to give me to get Matt Ryan out of here so I can have some some cap space for that GM. And, like, let's start this party over because I, I just I, – I, I, it feels like they're starting over, but I want to see that on a team level. And, and I, I'll admit my bias, I, I think that Matt Ryan is extremely overpaid and – while this is a talent game, it also is like a cap space game. I, I would like to see them almost restart because I feel like the Falcons GM has done such a like the previous one did such a bad job drafting that I almost wish that they would just clean the slate. Just say, hey, look, we're giving you some cap space to work with. Let's make some moves. So I'm going to go with more of the let's make some moves. And uh, like I said, I think Matt Ryan for me is one of the first people that I want to see gone in this new administration. But Hampton, I want to—I think me and you might be clicking a little bit more on moving some pieces around. So I want to hear maybe what you um, suggest the Falcons do going forward. Yeah, I'm—I am totally with you. Uh, not that I totally disagree with Kyle and Graham. I do think they. Um, they're, who they hire as their head coach is pivotal 
to how well they do in the future. I am totally, totally with that. But like you said, Matt Ryan's contract yeah. is a beast of a contract. And I think it's kind of handicapped him. And the dude is 36, 37. And, you know, yeah, he puts up good stats every year. But he's one of those, to me, He a lot of stats, but not – when you watch him, the eye test doesn't match what the stats are telling you. Uh, I don't think his arm's very good anymore. Um I mean, that dude underthrows Julio on a deep ball, I swear, about every game. Uh, I just don't think – I don't think he's mobile enough. Uh, he's not, like, just a straight statue in the pocket. But I think that they – I really think that they could do better than him, and I think that there's a, there would be a market for him. Um, some team would be, dumb, would be dumb enough to kind of give up a lot to get him. Um, I would keep Julio unless you get – just a treasure chest of picks and um, some good players in return because I do think not only is Julio a generational receiver, he's the type of guy you want in your locker room that works butt off, that sets the example, um, and he's a leader. Uh, and I think he'd be part of – I mean, he played at Alabama, so he knows what a winning culture is all about. And I think – I really think that uh, – if you're going to trade him, you better get a lot in return. Um, but as Graham and Kyle also mentioned, I think a lot, most of their problem is on defense. I think they've got to improve um, their secondary for sure. I think their secondary is pretty awful, and they just got to get coached better. Um, so that would be that would be my take on what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm I am kind of more in line with you because I'm I'm just I hadn't been a Matt Ryan fan Since the for. Super Bowl. Four or five years um, <laughs> since the Super Bowl. I know. Oh, honestly, okay, I, um, I just hadn't been. A, I hadn't been a fan. I want to hop in. Go ahead, quick. Kyle. Um, so you're saying if you're trying to clear up some cat space, I think if you're trying to clear up cat space, I think you try to deal Julio Jones because he's the highest paid receiver right now. And not only does that clear up some cat space, but I think there is a much larger market for Julio than there is for Matt Ryan. Market. Um, I feel like. All the I'd bad agree with teams that. aren't going to give up everything to get Matt Ryan because ultimately he's not going to take you to the top when they can just continue to rebuild and go through the draft and maybe get someone like a Trevor Lawrence or a Fields. And these middle-of-the-team packs are mm-hmm. just going to handicap themselves with average talent and an above-average quarterback. So I think if you're just trying to clear some cap space, I think shipping Julio is the move because um, I think you can get – you could honestly get more in return for Julio and you still have Ridley um, – and I think I just think there's a much bigger market for Julio than there is for Matt Ryan. But I say, Kyle, I'd like to add, add to um, that too. I, I think that when you look at the Falcons right now, I, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of moves made because they they don't really have a general manager in place right now. Um, so I wouldn't expect somebody with the um, without the connections that a general manager has um, and the phone that a general manager has to. Uh, make a a good enough deal where Arthur Blank would sign off on giving away Julio Jones or Matt Ryan. I, I think that um, I, I, to me, I think that the Falcons will try and hire a new coach, hopefully have a good draft year and probably just try and run it back next year. Um, I don't know if they're going to try and um, if they're going to win, you know, win themselves out of a good pick, which they did last year. Um uh, Which would what, be a mistake, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't think that you should. I don't think you should try and pull the Jets and be the worst team possible. But I, I think that no, um, you know, 
but but looking forward, the the Falcons have a uh, pretty difficult schedule. They'll you know, have to play the Buccaneers twice. They'll have to play the Panthers one more time. The Saints twice. I mean, when you look at that, that to me that looks like some uh, some more losses coming along. But um, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see what the Falcons do for sure, um, especially last year this year not really seeing much of a difference do, do you mind uh, if i hop in here i, I want to ask suave so. a question real quick suave if you could if you could close your eyes and point to a quarterback that's sitting on an nfl team's bench right now as a quarterback to this backup or let's say that they were like they, they they get rid of matt ryan close your eyes pick a quarterback that's sitting on the bench at another team or that's mm-hmm. sitting in a college locker room right now who do you want to see the the, uh, the Falcons have playing quarterback for the next two or three years? That's a great question. Uh, I would probably go Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Uh, depending on the Dak, Dak Prescott situation, I mean, you could go after Andy Dalton if they franchise tag him and sign him to a Mac. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't why. I, I, I would. I, I mean, there's a possibility. I mean, you could go after Mitch Trubisky. I mean, he's on the Bears bench. But I mean, the, you, you're starting to get into some tricky situation. <laughs> if they're going to be one and five, and they want to better their team, it's probably going to be to the draft because of the two quarterbacks that are coming out right now, and Lawrence and Fields. That's going to be the best possibility. Does, does anybody like? And somebody else can chime in here. Does anybody get a little excited about thinking that Jameis Winston might step in? Let's let's put him at the Falcons, or I, I mean, even Fitzpatrick. That's I was on a one-year mm-hmm. deal. If you had someone that wasn't Trevor Lawrence or like like or Justin Fields, like you could have another. I mean, dare we say Mac Jones? Like. Dare we say it? And you have Fitz Magic sit sit there for a year and, and coach Jeez. him up. I mean, I, I'm I'm just kind of thinking of the possibilities here. I mean, that would be interesting, Chase. I don't. The only thing with Fitz Magic is you know that he's a placeholder, and um, kind of like Graham said, you don't want to blow it up, blow it all up, and then not compete now. When I think. I think you're just a couple of moves from competing now. Your offense is so talented with Ridley and Jones and um, Hayden Hurst that I think you kind of need to get a quarterback like uh, like Swab mentioned. I mean, yeah. what if Dak doesn't resign in Dallas? What if, what if he what if he's like you know what Dallas did me dirty? I'm going to go somewhere else. And from the reports coming out of the uh, the locker room in Dallas, the coaching staff there is not viewed favorably uh, by the players with them saying that they're unprepared and that they're not good at their job. <laughs> um, so what if Dak darts out of there? I just – I think you either go with a starter that's um, may, is established but kind of still young, like a Dak type, or you go to the draft and – as we've seen with rookie quarterbacks this year, um, Herbert and Burrow, those guys have been ready to play. Now, it hadn't always translated into wins because of the teams around them, but they have came in ready to play and looked really, really good doing so. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of what I would do. But yeah, hey, but what, did, what about you, Graham? I, I was about to say in the, the quarterback talent in the draft this year is 
better than I possibly ever remember. I mean, going back several years, um, you know, Andrew Luck was the best quarterback that people had ever seen come out of college. He was the next Peyton Manning. um, And and Trevor Lawrence is probably almost that good. Uh, And when you look at it, if Justin Fields was, uh, you know, would wait a year, he would be the number one pick next year. You know, the – Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy from North Dakota State, Trey Lance, a lot like, Lance, yeah, great bringing him up. A lot like Justin Fields, just didn't really play at the same level of competition. Um, but you know, the quarterbacks in the draft are really, really exciting. I, I think that uh, a one-two-three punch like that, th- there's some some serious talent uh, coming out of the draft. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah, Kyle, you yeah, got anything to add to that, be, man? Like y'all were talking about Jameis, and I just don't know if Jameis is even an upgrade for Matt Ryan. I feel like they're both kind of the same if we're talking about tier wise of quarterbacks in the NFL. But it's also going to be interesting going forward if when the Jets get the number one pick, like, or do they believe in Sam Darnold? That's yeah. going to open the yeah. door for other teams, and that could also yeah. all they could also yeah. if a team that's kind of middle of the pack, like. Atlanta. I mean, this is very hypothetical. I don't know if it could happen, mm-hmm. but the the Jets no, go could with it. make a big trade, and someone like Atlanta, a middle team, which Atlanta won't be that. They'll be at a good pick this year because I don't expect them to just tear up, rip off a bunch of wins. But you could see a middle of the tier team type try to trade with the Jets if they still believe in Darnold and try to get that pick to get Trevor. Um, so I think I think it's going to be very interesting going forward to see where he ends up because I don't necessarily think they just move off of Sam Darnold. I could be wrong, but I think they need to move off of coaches, mm-hmm, which we mm-hmm. talk about every week, every week, Eric. But <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think Sam. Yeah, gay swatch. Yeah, Sam, <laughs> Sam Darnold is definitely isn't the first problem you address for the Jets. Yeah. I think there's, you know, there's 21 other positions, and a whole front office and a coaching staff that you got to address. I, honestly, when you look at it, I, Sam Darnold's probably the best part yeah. of that team if you give me any type of the any type of opinion. No, but, fair enough. It, it'd be really fun to see Sam Darnold go to the Falcons. Yeah. I think he could thrive there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I, I think he'd be a really good quarterback, just not with the Jets. I've also been seeing um, just rumors where the maybe the Colts shoot, might be interested in the Sam Donald type of Phil guy. Rivers is trash, I think, bro. Oh, yeah. and they and have I, a good defense. Yeah. Like they, they're balling out, man. <laughs> and they got they're they're being yeah. hindered yeah. by this. Mm-hmm. We're talking got, about bad contracts, man. Bad contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you talk about, and you talk about Woo-hoo. noodle arm. Philip Rivers got a noodle arm, boys and girls. Woo, son! I think I can throw farther left-handed, and I can tell you really what, bro. They, they got a couple people that are washed up on that offense. Oh, <laughs> Thank you. Mm. Yeah. yeah, really. <laughs> Talking Jeez, to you, that's... Py. <laughs> Blast for the past oh, over there. Gracious. Well, um, I think. <laughs> Hey, they're trying to, they're trying to think, run it back. You might as well just wait hey, for Peyton Manning to show up for the around. Colts if they got a chance. Graham, did you say something about like they try to get right, just kind of run it back next year? I think that's what the uh, that's what the Colts approach was this year. They were like, you know, hey, we're just gonna make a couple moves, get us a veteran quarterback, we got us some veteran we're at veteran wide receivers, and oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, like Jacoby Brissett isn't if. if if Philip Rivers this year, if you knew you were getting that, you might as well just kept Jacoby Brissett, save the money, and spend it on something. I mean, shoot, give the water boy you know, a pay grade. You know, 
the doctors, something, man. Colts, hey, maybe you need to pay the referees. Are, I don't even hate, know. It's, but they're four and two. Yes, but yeah, and how, they are. And how, but... and how many of those wins have been carried by Philip Rivers' arm? <laughs> not, <laughs> two losses, not no wins. One. Two losses, no wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah Philip Rivers is still the guy for the Colts. He's not the guy for anybody. Well, hey, you know, hey, you know, his arms were out for giving all <laughs> them talk. or holding all them nine kids in his arms. <laughs> hey, just think about if one of us goes to play fetch. <laughs> <laughs> No wonder that thing's uh, reduced to shred. <laughs> reduced to shred. Shoot, I bet, I bet he doesn't. I bet he doesn't go play catch for them. I bet they all go play defense against him, and then he just used to throw on picks. <laughs> oh, Graham. Okay, well, we're going to get off the Philip Rivers bashing train. Um, I, th- I think we did our damage, but um, hey, the train. I think that was a good. Dis- the train is go the ahead. train is leaving the station for Philip Rivers were bashing. Talking, that's for about sure. That guy, and I'm just like, man. Yeah, he seems like a nice guy, but geez. <laughs> but Hampton, move us right along, brother. You got it. No. I, I... Okay, okay, <laughs> brother. Um, that was a that was a good discussion of the uh, NFC South. I think uh, the Falcons, what they do in the future, is going to be very interesting to watch. And like we all said, we think the Buccaneers are going to come out on top. And a sleeper team to watch in that division. The Carolina Panthers have looked really, really impressive under Matt Rule and bringing in Joe Brady as their offensive coordinator. So um, when Christian McCaffrey gets back, don't count them out in this division one moment. Uh, Real quick, we're going to touch on – not really touch on, but the other big game was uh, Chiefs and Bills, and Chiefs came out on top of that one. That's two straight losses um, by Buffalo, and now – they are only one game ahead in their in the AFC East Hello. over the Miami Dolphins, who we're going to be talking about here in the last segment of the show. Um, so those better get together. They're going to be uh, they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot come here soon. So uh, with that, before we kind of get into um, our final segment of the show, we will um, kick it over to Wode Suave as we do every week for breaking news injury reports, and fantasy football players of the week. All right, so I've right, got it. So just just to get y'all caught up, uh, Anthony Averett, he's out uh, this weekend with a shoulder fracture. Uh, Brandon Knight's out for a season-ending knee injury. Uh, Perry Nickerson and uh, Tay Crowder are both on IR. Tay Crowder's uh, hamstring. Zach Ertz is out with an ankle sprain three to four weeks. Miles Sanders is out with a knee injury one to two weeks. Uh, Devin Bush is out for the season with a torn ACL. And Mostert is doubtful doubtful this week with an ankle sprain. Ugh. And most likely, he's going to go on IR. Uh, some breaking news, uh, as we all know, uh, Tua is the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. And the Titans, the investigation with them on the uh, COVID and having to shut down the facility, uh, the punishment for that will just be a fine. Do not know how much it will be. Uh, now for the top fantasy football players, uh, quarterback, you have Deshaun Watson. At running back, you have Derek Henry and Kenyon Drake. Uh, receiver, you have Justin Jefferson and Julio Jones. Tight end, George Kittle. Uh, flex is DeAndre Swift. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. And then kicker, Brandon McManus. 
Wow, Suave hit us with the chalk full of information in his report, man. That was great. Uh, key takeaways from that, I think Derrick Henry had um, his third 200-yard game. He's only one of five players in NFL history to have three 200-yard games. Um, so that was an incredible performance. And the Titans are 5-0 and um, and facing the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are 5-0. and um, and that game is happening this Sunday, so that'll be something we definitely talk about next week. Uh, so great update, Suave. And with that, uh, to kind of wrap up the show, we want to, you know, here on the Trojan Tailgate Network, you know, we like to be right, but guess what? We're human. We're always we're sometimes wrong. So we're going to give you a little accountability here tonight in a segment called Where We Were Wrong. Um, so we're going to talk, each of us are going to give briefly something that we were wrong about before the season. And we've, um, come to realize, uh, that we were way off. So Chase, I'm going to start with you. What were you wrong about before coming into this, uh, uh, NFL season? There's some small things I'm sure we can all get really nitpicky about, but one thing that I, I want to just fess up to, man, is that I, and I think we've even mentioned this on the podcast, about how wrong I was, and I think a, a few other of us would kind of admit how wrong we were about Justin Herbert and how well he has played. I know they had a bye week this week, so this kind of seems a little delayed, but I think you've got to give credit where credit's due. And I, and I think from what I've seen from him is what gives me just a little bit of hope that if the Falcons could move off of Matt Ryan, then you could get a quarterback that that might look kind of shaky going into the draft, and they turn into Justin Herbert for you. I think that they that he's really yeah. I mean, put that team where it's not just the Tyrod Taylor experiment. I mean, they 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 look like a serious football team, and uh, I think their offenses look great. I think he's got a great arm. Um, again, I mean, it, it really makes me wonder. Like, you know, I, I think that the I think the that the uh, Chargers really upgraded from Phillip Rivers to Justin Herbert, and I'm kind of rooting for the Falcons to do the same thing. But this segment's about Justin Herbert. I got to give credit where credit's due. I was really wrong. I thought he didn't show up to big games. I didn't think that he had the demeanor for it. I, I, I saw his build. I saw his arm occasionally, but I saw him miss a lot of easy throws. And, uh, man, I was wrong, and I fessed it up to it. Um Hampton, we'll let you go next. What, what was something that you were, you were wrong about? Ooh, well, uh, I, like you, I was wrong about Justin Herbert. But I'll kind of tie this in, you know, a personal – me being personally wrong and then us collectively being wrong. In the first week of the show, um, I think we had a question of what happens first – Adam Gase getting fired or Tua starting for the Miami Dolphins. And I think about every one of us picked uh, Adam Gase to be fired. But uh, as Suave said in his weekly report, Tua Tungavailoa is starting for the Miami Dolphins. Thank you, Lord. He is finally going to be on the field. And uh, I was wrong. I was wrong about that. I thought Adam Gase would have done been out of a job, uh, but, I don't know what the Jets are waiting on and what they see in him, but um, they keep hanging on. But I couldn't be happier for Tua getting his opportunity to lead a 
football team that is three and three and only one game back um, in the AFC East. Um, I think they can really compete, and I think he can take uh, their team to another level. So we'll definitely talk about his uh, his first start in a couple weeks when they uh, get off their bye. But Swab, what were you? Um, where were you wrong? Man, that's season? a very good question. I, I'm going to say about the Browns. I, I did not expect the Browns to be four and two in the in the division with the Steelers, the Ravens, and be competing. I mean, you have three teams that are all fighting for a top playoff spot in that division, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, what changes they make with Nick Chubb being out. You saw how they faced the Steelers, and Baker Mayfield got benched during the game, and OBJ had one of his outbursts again, and they're already talking about that OBJ needs to be traded again out of Cleveland, and Jarvis needs to be traded, and they just need to leave him. But these guys are four and two; they're three and zero at home, and they're one and two on the road, which is a a very good record. Mm-hmm. Swab, that was a good one, man. I know I was definitely wrong about the Browns. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, hey, I'll pitch in here next. So. I made a comment two weeks ago that watch out for the Washington football team. <laughs> now, now, Kyle Allen first possession or first or second possession against the Rams made a beautiful drive down the field, capped it off with a touchdown. I'm thinking, here we go, baby. The Washington football team is on the way. And then he gets banged up, and God bless him, Alex Smith came in, and it was it was a it was atrocious. Um, but he Kyle Allen <laughs> took the field again last week, and and he looked he looked better. Um, they took a very good New York Giants team down to the wire. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, real talk though, man. Giants got a straight defense, man. They got straight defense. Their offense is not hey. it, but. Their defense all right. Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen had a nice – he didn't have a terrible – I'm not going to say he had a nice game, but he didn't look bad either. <laughs> he did about what I thought he was going to do. Now, now listen here, though. I'm not giving up yet. I saw an article earlier yesterday, and they were ta- it was Ron Rivera talking about how their only priority is winning games right now. And, man, let me tell you, I read that, and I was ready to run through a brick wall. <laughs> I'm back on – I am still on the train. I am – That's I am, so coach speak, though. Man, Come on. Whatever. But, no, I'm still on the train. <laughs> sure. But they're never going to say no, that in the media. No, 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 hey, fair enough, Kyle, We're going to wait to win two to three years from now, you know? They got the Cowboys <laughs> next week. They're a win away from tied for first in the division. <laughs> a win a win next week, and they are tied for first in the division. <laughs> Hold, hear me out. I may be back here two weeks from now saying that the, West, or the Washington football team is one and seven, and I was completely wrong, but I am still on the train, baby. <laughs> Hey, a lot of teams will d- dance around it a little bit, though, and they'll say something like, yeah. you know, we just got to focus on getting better. But, man, I'm not going to lie. I started feeling a little something, dude. There's something that, there's some way that you could put this hook into my heart when it comes <laughs> to the Washington football team and that somehow they're going to win this division. Man, you could sell sand to a desert, son. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> hey, when – when the when the football team beats the Cowboys <laughs> this week and they're sitting at the top of the NFC East with a two and five record or two and four record, I'll be sitting here next week patting myself on the back, baby. <laughs> Juggernaut. Yeah. Hey, that man over there, he just turned he just turned around his whole hell mm. I was wrong. He just turned around oh, uh, but I'm gonna be right. <laughs> That's right. That's how, how I'm gonna it, be baby. right. How I'm gonna be right. 
Yeah, Kyle, Kyle made that into hey. I was wrong, but <laughs> this is how I can make it right. Um, hey, yeah. you know how, yeah, you know who that sounded like? Here. Nick Wright. <laughs> sounded like something Nick Wright would do. Yeah. <laughs> right. well, Graham, real quick, give us give us uh, where you were wrong before the season, buddy. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you where I was wrong in the. I believe it was the first episode we did of the podcast. We uh, talked about our Super Bowl predictions and who we thought would make it. I thought the 49ers were really going to take a take the next step this year and not only make it to mm-hmm. the Super Bowl, but even possibly win the Super Bowl. Um, but right now, they're not looking all that great. They're three and three. Uh, they, they did come off a, a win, a good, a big win against the Rams. But besides that, the the teams they've beaten besides the Rams have been the New York Giants <laughs> and the New York Jets. <laughs> Uh, Whoa! They lost to the Dolphins, the Eagles, and the Cardinals. So, uh, where I was wrong, I, I thought the Cardinals would would really take the next step and and really lead the NFC West, uh, controllingly, <laughs> controllably, whatever the word is, throughout throughout the whole season, and then really show up in the playoffs. I mean, they their foot to me, their football team got better over this off season, uh, but man, they've just been played with injuries, so. I, I'm going to take the Kyle uh, Edwards approach and say uh, I, I was wrong about that, but the injuries have played such a big factor that you know it that just invalidates my pick. So I'm just kidding. Uh, the four, the 49ers to me, I, I, that's not a huge one, but yeah, they can turn the season around. But to me, I really thought they were going to be a really hard team to stop, and they really uh, have been a, a hard team to watch. I mean, just not really showing up every week. So. That's where I was wrong. Hey, I also like to point out I was right about the Falcons. They were garbage, and Dan Quinn needed to go. They finally listened to me. Yeah, you uh, you pegged that one, Graham. I think <laughs> I think everyone in the world knows how you feel about uh, the Falcons and uh, their organization. So I think I think you got that one uh, got that one down. But uh, guys, do y'all have anything else to add? I'm telling you. That man Kyle and the Washington football yep. team. Good. Come on. I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm currently looking on the internet for a Kyle Allen jersey. So. <laughs> well, apparently, apparently their RB2 is worth a lot of money in fantasy, so uh, we won't get into all that. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Well, that will do it for another edition of the NFL Recap Show on the Trojan Tailgate Network. Gentlemen, it was an honor and a privilege to be joined by y'all as it is every week. Uh, if you're listening out there, please be sure to follow us at the Trojan Tailgate Podcast Network Twitter uh, to get up-to-date info on when shows will be dropping and the links for those shows that, so that you can listen. We are available to um, – our show is available on Spotify, SoundCloud. Hello. Um, I believe we're on Apple Podcasts now, guys. Uh, one of my friends Uh-oh. left a review on there. So, Uh-oh. hey, we're getting big time up in here, baby. Um, yeah, so uh, just be sure to listen and share, and we really appreciate the support. And hopefully next week we will be uh, we will be back talking about hopefully some marquee matchups and some really good games that we can recap and that will teach us a lot about which teams are uh, ready for Super Bowl contention and which teams are uh, going to fall by the wayside. So, um I'm signing off for the night as your host and hope you have a great week and we will talk to y'all next time. <laughs>